Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now, live from Dunning Poorhouse, 7718 West Addison, it's time for the Scores Miller Lite Top Draft Show with your hosts, Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron. Presented by Miller Lite, it's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. That's right, we are broadcasting live from Dunning Poorhouse. Got the gang gang in the building. We're on the Northwest side, man. I said it I said it last time, man. I said the Northwest side doesn't get enough love. You know what I mean? It's like, we're talking about the hip. We're talking about okay. what's going on over here. It's Apparently they agree with you. Yeah. Northwest side representing already. My mom lives on Belmont and Harlem. She's right down the block. So, and don't nobody act up or else I'll tell her to come here and take care of you guys. All right. Uh, but it is Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here for the Middle Light Top Draft Show. We'll be here till nine o'clock hanging out. We got some Bears tickets to give away, so if you're in the uh, building, we got the promo team that'll take care of you. House, no also got an opportunity for you to get on the field at Soldier Field. Oh. They'll tell you about that as well. Has anybody already been on the field at Soldier Field before? <laughs> All right. It's going to be a unique experience <laughs> no. for somebody who's here tonight. That's right. Uh, so make sure you guys uh, check out the promo team. They're going to take care of you. Uh, but meantime, between time, let's go ahead and start the show the way that we always do with the trifecta. Let's go. Curry, way downtown, bang, bang, oh, what a shot from Curry. Three, that's a magic number. Morrell going to third, he will slide, he's got a triple. Rose trying to get open, fires away, it's over, the Bulls win, that's a thunder. All right, these are the top three stories that are going on in my head in no particular order. So let's go ahead and start it off with number three. Number three. And that is that the Bears made some roster moves today, Mr. Anthony Heron. Of course, Eddie Jackson and Darnell Mooney uh, making their way to the IR. And then as a result, Bears signing A.J. Thomas off the practice squad and adding veteran Albert Colbert. To the, um, to the practice squad, uh, replacing A.J. Thomas. A.J. Thomas, though, 6'2", 214. We're talking about measurables. That's That sounds like what you want from a starting safety on your NFL team. Is that, is that not right? You would think so. I mean, you know, on, on a team where you were already in a situation where there was youth, there was inexperience, now we see the Bears suffering all these injuries in the secondary, and so you have not only the backups, but then even like Dane Crickshank went down the other day, so you have backups of backups into the game, too. And we're into the stretch of the season now where a lot of guys who, you know, you had the the frontliners that were sort of auditioning to be a part of this thing moving forward. It's going to be more and more opportunities, both for guys who've been backups on the roster this season and now 
They're going to have to add, uh, we see this infusion of additional talent onto the roster. Guys are going to get their chances. It's going to be tough, man. I mean, they got to do something about what's happening over there. So we'll get an opportunity to see those guys. But they say next man up. I know some, could you imagine AJ Thomas's family? They're like, mom. I made it to. I'm gonna I'm play on Sunday. My baby's right. gonna play on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's man. gonna be. I mean, this yeah. is what you what you really look forward to in these um, situations, especially with a banged up Bears team. So we'll see how those two guys uh, can perform on Sunday. Let's go to number two. Number two. Chorus the just tossed it. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. One fourteen. One oh four. There you have it, William. Big game yesterday, Bulls taking down the Utah Jazz. That was the third game of the six of their six-game road trip. And you weren't necessarily sure what you were going to expect. Laurie Markkinen uh, was a questionable game-time decision. He was participating in the suit-around, had a like a knee contusion, you would say. Uh, he was ready, though. But he can't. It's, <laughs> it's like every single player that leaves any Chicago team, they want to show out. And then Laurie Markkinen, no different. Bobby Porter, still man. Yeah, Bobby Every Portis, time he played a Bulls, Bobby Porter, still man. Uh, 32 points, nine rebounds for Laurie Markkinen, shooting lights out from the three-point line. But the Bulls just putting together like a, a good team effort, man. Yep. One person we were asking for some productivity from was Kobe White, mm. and he's continued to show improvement and to hit that three ball consistently this week. I mean, three out of their last four games, and, you know, I will, we'll have a chance to talk about it throughout the show, but ever since Billy Donovan, Donovan said in the fourth quarter of that game a few games ago, Zach Levine, go ahead and have several seats. Now you see some enhanced energy from Levine. You see some enhanced focus from the rest of the squad. And then you mentioned Kobe White, getting him back healthy and in the lineup and starting to find his legs a little bit and fulfilling the role that a lot of folks have been hoping would suit him best. He's not a true point guard, but he was a shooter. Coming out of college, he's developing that and developing some aggression. We're seeing some enhanced aggression and playmaking from Patrick Williams as well. You see guys just playing a little bit more hungry the yeah. last few games. And they won three out of four. Yeah, I mean, especially Kobe White, man. I mean, there was one play in the second half where it was in transition. Kobe White gets the ball, takes it to the cup. He sees Laurie marking it, and he just reaches <laughs> back and just dunks it over him. And you like, kind of forget oh that my Kobe God. White isn't tiny. I, that, like, you, people look really small he likes on to the shoot. Yeah. yeah, right. But he's actually a little bigger dude than yeah. you would really realize anyway. But we don't see him dunking the basketball very frequently. But like you said, he didn't shy away when he saw marking it. Even in college at North Carolina, he was the guy who would get to the cup create the contact but then mm. hit the layup so to see him actually put it down over Laurie I know that felt good for Kobe White uh, and the team as a whole man Andre Drummond with a double double Zach Levine putting up 20 I bet on Zach Levine scoring over 21 so I lost uh, some points on that, that was close shout out to Alyssa Bergamini she's the one that gave me the tip <laughs> DeMar DeRozan was shooting lights out especially in the second half um, so again the Bulls man doing their thing on the road is that a shout out for Alyssa losing you money is that effectively that was, what that shout out that was, was like a, some shade like, still, <laughs> Alyssa knows me we do a show together and so she knows very well that like I was like low key shade because I really think highly of her, of her picks but uh, uh, again Bulls take down the Utah Jazz 114 107. Let's go to number one. Number one. Austin McKinney, Jess making a big run. It's been for him. Jess is stuck in behind. Jess in the middle. Pulisic scores! Might have paid the price, but the U.S. takes the lead. That's the difference between like American broadcast and Spanish broadcast. Buddy was just like, scores. It's like, no, no, damn it. Stand up on Yo, go as loud as you possibly can. Yeah! USA has made it to the knockout rounds of the World Cup, baby. Let's go. 
boy should have sounded like. No, 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 no. That's how that was supposed to go. That's what you was looking for. Shout out Anthony Harry right there with the Golasso moment. But United States defeats Iran one nothing. make their way to the knockout rounds. I mean, people weren't necessarily sure. But did you get a chance to check out the game? You know, I caught the end of it, man, because yeah. we were kind of moving and shaking a little bit. Had the, had the sick five-year-old during the day. I went out, got some things done, came back, got the medicine, cough syrup, and all that. Sat out and caught the last, what should have been maybe the last 15 minutes of legitimate action. And then they put all that extra stoppage <laughs> yeah. time in there. It was like they were waiting for Iran to find a moment to get another goal. a few close calls in there. But ended up catching what felt like the last 45 minutes of the game until they finally Blow the whistle. USA wins. Getting to the round of 16. It was exciting. It was exciting. People always say, you know, that soccer is not necessarily the most exciting sport. But watching those last tense, 10 man. minutes, it, it was, was tense. intense. Yeah. It's intense, especially when you got money on it. It makes a big difference, those last <laughs> couple of possessions. But one nothing. Obviously, USA taking on Netherlands on Saturday. That's going to be a good one. And we could, we could live in that space. There goes your trifecta. Those are your top three stories, ladies and gentlemen. There you go right there. Three, um, that's a magic number. It is. It's the magic number. It's Gabe Ramirez and former NFL player Anthony Heron right here from Fox 32 hanging out with me today. It's going to be a, a great show. Shout out to everybody listening on, on the Odyssey app, downloading that. Shout out to my 104.3 HD2 crew. You know, oh, I guys yeah. love you guys over there. Um, but this is the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. We're at Dunny Porthouse 7718 West Addison. We'll be here till 9 o'clock hanging out. Hopefully, these guys will have some more drinks. Like a family atmosphere like, here, by the way. The place is. isn't huge. So, initially, yeah. the Lyft driver throw, drove by it once. Then we whipped around. Lyft driver drove by it twice. Yeah. And then eventually said, oh, that, that's not someone's home. That is, that is, that is the poorhouse. And then we yeah. came in here, and it's, it's, very, it's very quaint. It is very cozy. Everybody's getting along. They're lined up at the bar, lined yeah. up at the tables, having a great night. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming the night's only going to get better as more Miller Lite ends up getting concerned. Yeah, so if you're in the area, you're heading home, you want to stop by, get a drink, again, make sure you make your way over here. So, Anthony, I mean, uh, let's go back to, uh, to, to the Bears roster moves today. Eddie mm -hmm. Jackson, you know, obviously hitting the IR along with Darnell Mooney. I mean, were you nervous for him when you watched that play and you saw that non-contact injury where you fall to the ground. What did you think was the worst case scenario? And, and, and what were your thoughts in the moment? Very nervous. Very nervous for Eddie Jackson when I saw the way he went down initially because my first thought was Achilles. I was even I yes. was texting with you know some athletic trainer friends of mine as well. And just that that was the first thought because he, he goes down, he's in a backpedal, goes down just in a in a heap, and he immediately grabs that foot. And that was my first thought because it's non-contact. It's on an artificial surface, not necessarily like your old school Philadelphia vet AstroTurf, but still an artificial surface. There's been some headlines about players in the NFLPA complaining about that a decent bit lately. And I've, I've been there. I've been there where you feel some portion, some limb, some ligament that gives out on you at a moment's notice. And my first thought was, oh, man, he probably ruptured an Achilles or something like that. So Liz Frank is no joke. Liz Frank can take a while to recover from what is that it specifically is, it's it's basically the the arch area towards okay. the bottom of the foot and you you it, it's not a broken bone but you have structural damage to the arch area of the foot and it can get worse when your your arch is compromised right now it can end up now if you have a you, you can have a, a Liz Frank break I, I don't know how specific they've gotten with you know what exactly Eddie Jackson's is but you need to be careful with it because now that that area of the foot 
is compromised, and it's obviously in a sport, any sport, but in football, you're making all these explosive movements, then you can step wrong and make it worse. You can have bodies pile, you know, fall on you or pile on you and make it worse. So I think Eddie Jackson should be very careful with it. The Chicago Bears should be very careful with it. Of my impression, Eddie Jackson has gotten to a point where he has earned the right to continue on in his contract with the Bears moving forward. There's still considerations that will go into that, but he's back to playing like one of the top safeties, one of the top playmaking safeties in football and maybe the most physical version of Eddie Jackson that we've seen throughout his career. He's still, he's not some thumper running the alley, you right. know, knocking folks out, but he's been a more sure tackle. He's been more willing to come up with force and physicality and the playmaking on the ball has been there again as well. I mean, just really a couple of series before he ended up leaving in that non-contact in injury, he almost had his fifth interception yeah. of the season on a route that he undercut. So you see that, that anticipation, that knowledge, you see all those things returning to his game. So, in a season, a season that's basically lost at this point, I think both Eddie Jackson and the Bears should be very careful and just determine whether or not this is just going to be an opportunity. We're talking about some of these other guys that are on the roster now. This is their chance. And if Eddie Jackson doesn't play another snap this season, then it's an opportunity for a number of other guys. Elijah Hicks got his first defensive snaps of the season. So more chances for him to be out there as a, what, I think a seventh-round draft pick. Yeah. Get some run in the game and show if he's a guy who can be a developmental prospect as well. Yeah, it's tough because Eddie Jackson, I mean, obviously was having such a good start to the season. Right. I mean, four yeah. interceptions. A lot of people were coming down on him for his productivity over the last couple of years. But to see him in that space, to see him do so well, because it, it, it played out, right? What did people say? Jaquan Brisker was sitting there at the safety position, so therefore Eddie Jackson was going to be playing better. That's what everybody was saying. Mm -hmm. But he actually went out and did that, and that's yeah. what was really cool about yeah. Eddie Jackson. And then you see, obviously, no Roquan Smith, no Robert Quinn, those leaders in the locker room leaving. And then all of a sudden he was you know, asked to, hey, be the, the voice and, and the vocal leader of this defense as the veteran on the team. And he did that, too, because we saw what happened on Thanksgiving. You know, we were talking about what we did over the, over the holiday, but we heard what Eddie Jackson did, right? Yeah. Had all the guys yeah. that didn't have family in town, allowed him to come over his house. There was a ton of people there. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in a situation like that where, you know, a, a teammate of yours, you know, kind of opened their doors? Or was that, was that nice to, to the guys on the team? Because they don't have to be, right, in those situations? Yeah, I mean, it's odd because in the NFL season goes through the fall and, and the winter a lot of the winter portion of the year and so you you know you're working on thanksgiving you're working through christmas and you know you're well compensated to do it but you got these holidays where especially if you're a young player who doesn't have like a wife and kids you maybe haven't moved your family from some some other part of the country yet like you know in detroit i was with the lions early in my career we play on thanksgiving every year because the lions are one of the teams who sort of started that tradition with the national football league but i remember like my rookie season before i went over on christmas day my rookie year in Detroit, before I went over to a teammate's house, I remember just sitting in the Greek town casino solo <laughs> in Detroit, just because oh, you know, wow. I'm a rookie. I don't got a, a wife and kids, nothing like that yet. I'm going to go over to a teammate's house to kind of hang with him and his family a little bit later in the evening. But on an afternoon on Christmas Day, now I had a really good day at the Greek town <laughs> casino, but still, you know, you saw winning, winning's always fun on Thanksgiving. Yes, yeah. yes. So that was my Christmas gift to myself was hitting it big at the roulette <laughs> wheel, man. It was, it was fun. And then you didn't uh, share any of that with none of your teammates. Oh, no, not a, not a lick of it. Not a <laughs> not bit. A but it, it is. It's cool for a veteran like Eddie Jackson, you know, who's got his big contract, got his second deal, presumably got a big, nice house. Yeah. And yeah, man, have, have folks over to your spot. Let them feel welcome, and that enhances the camaraderie of the locker room. Not, not counting Eddie Jackson's money. 
but he, he his base salary is eleven million dollars this year. Okay. So you know he got a couple turkeys over there. You, you think know? so? They got a couple. Yeah. You know, not too bad. A turkey couple, or two. Couple yeah. of guys get, up get there. Get a, a fried turkey, a deep fried <laughs> yeah, turkey. Yeah, yeah. Get a roasted turkey. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit of everything. <laughs> turkey if you want to. You got options. You you can do a whole lot of stuff with a turkey when you got that kind of money. He's Anthony Heron. I am Gabe Ramirez. We are six seventy. The score. We're broadcasting live, man, for the Miller Lite top draft show here at Dunning Poorhouse. 7718 West Addison. Got the whole crew in the building. The bar looks right. awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, and on the other side, we're going to continue some Bears conversation. You know, I, I was asking some people, Anthony, because there were a lot of people that were upset after the game on Sunday. And so what I asked them was, you know, it's very Chicago of us. We like mild sauce on our chicken. A lot, some of us do. Uh, <laughs> but so my question was, when it comes to the anger level, uh-huh. right, are you mild, medium, or mad okay. after this game on Sunday and what you've seen from this Bears team. A lot of directions we can go in. I'll ask Anthony. I got some Buffalo wings on the way, so I don't know where Buffalo would fit that's into hot. that. That's hot. It's okay, too that, spicy. That, that's, that's in the hot category. Spicy. All right. So, all right, all right. so well, I'll ask you that question in regards to this Bears team, and then we'll take your text messages as well. All right, 312-644-6767. It's Gabe and Anthony here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Dunning Poorhouse right here on 670 The Score. We'll be back after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
We're back with more of the Miller Light Top Draft Show at Dunning Poorhouse, 7718 West Addison, with Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron, presented by Miller Light. It's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I don't know, man. This place should be called Dunning Wing House. Because these wings are pretty damn good. Not bad, man. I'm, I'm, one, I'm, one, I'm one deep in the bourbon barbecue, and I'm feeling good right now. So the the wings themselves are only the beginning. It is the precursor. It is the appetizer <laughs> to a lot of other consumption that will be taking place here. But, yes, Dunning Poorhouse wings on point so far. I'm like Very it. impressed. Is there anything? That's how I like this. I like this crowd. Yeah, yeah it's a good group. Small but mighty. Uh-huh. I'll tell you that right go. now. Um, so, Anthony Heron, I, uh, let's go to the text line real quick. All right. Um, Someone said, which is something we had already mentioned, that Eddie Jackson playing is playing well because he finally has a legit strong safety to play alongside first since Adrian Amos. I mean, that could be the case. There's a lot of factors there as yeah, to why Eddie Jackson is playing well. Um, another one says, your mom lives at White Castle? Because I, I said my mom lives on Belmont and Harlem. Oh, okay. First of all, sir, I don't want you to know the exact address <laughs> of where my mom lives. <laughs> But if she were to live on the corner of Belmont and Harlem, it would be at Luke's, not oh, at White okay. Castle. All right. All right. Very clear. I know what you're talking about. I need my watermelon Italian ice. <laughs> right. um, another one from the 815 says, Anthony, you shouldn't rely on Lyft, sir. May I offer you my luxury car service? Oh, wow. T-M-O-E Limousine Incorporated. All right. I mean, we got... No, you're not getting... You're not getting... <laughs> they got to pick me up, too. Not just for you. I need to get picked up if that's what we're doing. <laughs> Uh, but it is Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, here for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Uh, we get a chance to hang with the people, talk about some sports. And in this particular segment, I, I, I posed the question before the break. I said, you know, about this game, are you mild, mildly mad, right, mm-hmm. medium, or actually mad completely about this game on Sunday? I mean, listen, the reason why I said I was, I'm medium mad, right, I'm not just mild. I'm medium mad is because... And you and I, we talked about this on Bears Unleashed. I feel, I feel like Buffalo sauce then would, would maybe equate to medium okay. mad. I'm, like it's not right. sriracha, but, right, it's, but you it's got it. a little bit of heat to it. You feel, yeah. you feel it. Uh-huh. And that's what I feel because yeah. you and I, whether it's Bears Unleashed on Fox 32, whether it's here on 670 to score, all I've asked for since the beginning of the season is for the Bears to not be embarrassed. Uh-huh. I right. said at least play competitive games. Yeah. Don't embarrass me while I'm watching this. I don't want to be the laughing stock of the NFL. <laughs> And that's what this game was. Okay. That's what this yeah. game was. I mean, you let a third-string quarterback come in, throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, first pl- first drive Legend, of the game. Mike White. Right. He's, he's, like, making us look terrible. First, <laughs> first drive of the game, he comes out six for seven. We've seen that happen too many times this year. Hot starts. Yeah. The so opponent, let, opposing so let, letting him do that, you know, a ton of three and outs. You know, you, you hear Trevor Simeon always oh, going to be able to get rid of the ball quicker. He understands the offense differently. It, and it was more of the same, and then he just couldn't put put up points after seemingly the Jets' defense started to play seriously. So I guess my question to you then, to circle back, m- mild, medium, or mad? What are you in this situation? I mean, I'm. This whole season is is being graded on a curve, I suppose. So I mean, I, I think that my my anger about the results of the game would be mild because the the personnel is is decreasing. You know, it's one thing okay. because the, the defense was performing at a certain level even before what we saw against the Jets. And the Jets offense that had been struggling mightily with Zach Wilson in their quarterback. And there's, there's, act, there's a discussion to be had just about that. The Jets quarterback situation versus where the Bears are at 
right now. You know, guys in the same draft class, we didn't get to see either of them on the field, but I think there's a discussion worth having there later in the show. But specific to just the, the Jets offense getting going in the way that it did, obviously we've talked a lot about Roquan Smith being traded away, Robert Quinn being traded away, what that does to the front seven. But it was a front seven that was that had, a, a I suppose, a depleted talent roster anyway. It's a nice so way to where, put it. Yeah, where Justin Jones is your best guy available up front. You're going to want to upgrade from him at three technique, but it, you know he's the best that you got right now, making the occasional play, but not a consistent force, and that's not what he's been throughout his career. At linebacker now, Jack Sanborn, your most productive inside linebacker, rookie, undrafted free agent, who's been productive to his credit, and he's one of these guys who, with this opportunity, is now seizing it, is now showing himself as a, a competent NFL player. You know, is he a guy who's going to be worthy of being a starting middle linebacker on a great defense? Yeah, I'd say the jury would still be out on that, okay. at least. And I'm not there yet where I expect that the Jack Sanborn can hold down that for a long term. But you got the secondary dropping like fires. You go in with two of your starters, your two rookies, who you want to develop. They're out. Then you lose Eddie Jackson during the game as well. You lose backups like I referenced with Dane Crickshank also. Then it's just got a whole lot of just guys, just bodies that are out there. And, it, it, you know, I, I guess my expectations weren't real high for the crew that was on the field. I guess I guess the second half of that question then is really about the assessment of Allen, Allen Williams, the defensive coordinator for the Chicago right. Bears. Right. Because, I mean, and all right, so you played in the NFL. Like, How much of a difference can Allen Williams make? Like, is there is there any situation, is there any scenario where the defensive coordinator with this particular group can't come in and get a better product out of them. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm saying is, should there be any blame placed on Allen Williams? I mean, all the coaches are being evaluated this season, but I use the term being graded on a curve. And, you know, you and I have talked about Ryan Poles a good bit throughout the season here. And one thing that he referenced after the Roquan Smith trade was that he's had a really open line of communication with the coaching staff. And he made it a point to thank the coaching staff and the other front office executives for, for their understanding of what the Bears are trying to do, what he's trying to do right now, that indicated to me, he didn't go this far with it, but that indicated to me that he basically told them, like, I know I haven't given you guys a lot of talent. The talent that's available, I've traded a good amount of it away. So I've made your lives difficult to look like you're putting a productive product on the field. So I think that understanding is there from on high, from the boss himself, from Ryan Poles, because he knows the roster that's put in place. He knows what he's doing as far as trying to save money towards the offseason and you know how some of these contracts being offset and the dead cap that's there right now for the Bears. So Matt Eberflus, you can still judge game management and decision-making, but you got to judge it on a curve because would he call the game the exact same way if he did have a really talented roster? For Allen Williams, for Luke Getzey, right. is this the offense – Luke Getzey wants to run long-term, or my impression is this the offense Luke Getzey feels like he needs to run right now to be productive. We talked about the blitz a lot earlier in the season, specific to Allen Williams and this Bears defense. A couple of games in a row where we did see more blitz versus Detroit and Atlanta. And, you know, it was fairly effective, and that's a part of where the productivity from Jack Sanborn has come from because he's effective playing towards the line of scrimmage, while at the same time going into this last game, Two starters in your secondary out. Then you lose Eddie Jackson during the game as well. I've gotten the question several times since that game, why wasn't he blitzing more? I got it on the post-post show the other night from several callers. Part of the reason is when you blitz, you put additional pressure on your secondary. So when you're depleted on the back end and you go into the game depleted and then you lose several bodies back there also, then it's hard to continue to put more pressure on those guys on the back end 
by going with some sort of a exotic blitz package. So I think that you need to look for which guys are getting better under Allen Williams' leadership okay, with the defense without necessarily looking at it and saying, well, he, he's not fielding a top 10 defense, so he's not kind of doing his job. Who, but Ant, we who's getting movies. better within that? And we watch movies. We, we're regular people that watch movies. So in, in our minds, we see a scene where Allen Williams comes in to, like, you know, the underdog defense, and he's uh-huh, like, right. hey, guy, he puts his hands on his knees. All right, guys, this is, <laughs> this is it. We need the best game from you possible. Like, I, I envision that, but then – the product gets out on the field and it's the exact opposite of what I want to happen. Like a decent game from this because there's still NFL football players. So I guess that's where I'm thinking like, well, damn, Alan Williams, I know you're doing your best, but is there, is, is there at least one game? That's is there the one thing, scheme that you can come up with that makes me feel like, oh, damn, we got a guru over there on the defensive side of the ball. That's, that's the hard thing because this is okay, the better, better film question, here. Question. Okay. Has there ever been a defensive coach that you felt like, made you play significantly better oh yeah or was yeah. it just yeah you know, like you ed, ed donatel is a really okay good defensive mind you know we had a the couple of years i was in atlanta playing under ed donatel and his defense he was defensive backs coach for the bears under vic fangio here for a few seasons and he's a good defensive mind good defensive coordinator felt like his scheme was one that you know really played played well in a scheme very similar to what the bears are attempting to do Right now, where it's a, a one-gap attacking style, you know, combination of, of zone coverages with a, a few man concepts mixed in, but an undersized front seven okay. that's really pent on, on hustle and aggression and trying to take the ball away. Ed Donatel had something called the Shark Award that he used to give out for anybody who got a takeaway during the game. We would get what he would call the Shark Award for that when we get back into the meeting room on Monday for the team and for the defensive meetings. So it, it's a very similar philosophy. And so, yes, there, there are ways that this scheme can be really effective. you got to have the personnel to get it done at a high level. And right now the Bears are just at a, at a personnel disadvantage pretty much every time they take the field, even against an offense like the Jets. Now, part of the reason Zach Wilson got benched is because the Jets do have some personnel. The, the Jets do have a couple of talented wide receivers. The Jets do have a decent offensive line. They just they weren't getting it done at quarterback, and then you enhance that with the quarterback seeming very immature in public. And that, that's why Zach Wilson got benched. So we did see some of that talent on display and then making plays against this Bears defense. But, like, every time they take the field from, from here on out in the season, the Bears are going to be at a talent disadvantage with the defensive personnel they're putting out there. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. We are at Dunning Poorhouse on the northwest side for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. I love it, man. I know you know the food's good here because there's a there's hella Uber Eats drivers that are stopping in. A lot of just grabbing, like, and picking up bags, bags little satchels. Like, oh, okay, I know what's grabbing going on Grabbing and walking out. Yep. I see. What, I'm about to get this cheesesteak in a second. Um, and you know, I want to continue to talk about this defense because you mentioned a second ago. You know, Elijah Hicks getting his first opportunity to really, really, you know, see some consistent play play out there on the defensive side of the ball. Are you happy? With some of the draft outside of Jaquan and outside of Kyler Gordon and maybe even Braxton Jones, because those are the guys that have played the most, right? right? Yeah. So outside of those three, are you are you happy with what Ryan Poles has brought to this team uh-huh. in, in 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 the draft in last year's draft? I got you. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were teasing that no. going to break. No, you want, okay. No, so no, right, this no. is a question. The, right uh, now. So this rookie class right now for Ryan Poles, Braxton Jones, I think has. He's showing potential. Again, grading a rookie fifth-round pick on a curve, but I do think he's getting better. Braxton okay. Jones is starting to play better football here at this point in the season. And when you look at between the two tackles, between Larry Borm and Braxton Jones, Braxton Jones is the guy they, they help 
less. As far as like who they're helping with chips and slide mm -hmm. protections, the right tackle, whether it's been Larry Bourne, frankly, or Riley Reef, they're getting more help than the left tackles have been getting. The Bears feel very strongly about Braxton Jones, and I think you know you get him an offseason and strength and conditioning program. I, I do see the potential that's there in him, and he's so athletic. You know, then all these kind of toss play, like crack toss schemes. They love running those to Braxton Jones' side because he's, for a guy who's not small in stature, moves really well. Okay. And he's a very aggressive finisher with his block. So I don't have any problem with Braxton Jones right now. Um, you know, I, I like what you, we've seen from. <sighs> you know how I feel about Tristan Ebner. I do, I do. The, the, the secondary is like I, I really think Jaquan Brisker is going to turn into a good football player. But again, okay. to the question you asked previously about Alan Williams, with both Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, they've had games where they've been good. They've had games yes. where they've been exposed a lot from the mental aspect of things. And so that's where I think you can evaluate Alan Williams as far as how much is his coaching showing up in the film that a guy like Jaquan Brisker is putting out there, a guy like Kyler Gordon is putting out there, with their understanding of what they're seeing, with their ability to decipher the opposing offense and make plays within that. Some games that's been there. Other games, we've seen people putting, the, the term I use is putting young eyes in conflict. Okay. With Jaquan Brisker, both on the back end and at times where he's used towards the line of scrimmage, he's these, this big physical presence, but he does seem uncertain, hesitant at times when he's in conflict. It's where reps should end up enhancing that, but that's where. Your defensive coordinator needs to make sure that he, his assistants who are working with these rookies, are making sure they're being put in the best positions possible. Now, even a player like, you know, like I just talked about Jack Sanborn a moment ago, he ain't Roquan Smith, but part of what they factor in with being willing to trade Roquan Smith away, in addition to the compensation they get in return, is they were legitimately excited about Jack Sanborn. As was I, you know, I talked to you about when he came out of Wisconsin. Yeah. And he's a guy who should have gotten drafted. Not high, but a guy who should have gotten drafted. It, I was surprised he was an undrafted free agent, but they felt like he showed promise on the practice field before this. Now he's been in the game, and he's been very productive. So there, there are some rookies who are, who are standing out in a positive way, and just got to look for development of how these young guys can kind of continue to show they can come around. Yeah, I mean, and I think another thing, too, is that it is Ryan Paul. Or Ryan Pohl's first draft, right? So he, you can't put the expectation for him to have an A-plus draft his very first year. You want that, right? But if you told me, hey, you're going to get a few starters out of the draft, to me that equates to a successful draft, and that's what I think they got. But when I look at guys like Tristan Ebner, when I look at guys like Valus, when I look at guys like Elijah Hicks, Doug Kramer, you know, you're, you're, even Dominique Robinson, I mean, you're, you're like, damn, I wish we could have just got a little bit more out of those guys. But, again, it, that's a that's Still a good got five thing. games to go. You know, but right. would like to get more so far. They've made the tweak with Bayless Jones here lately where – and the tweak began in the game where the guy who he's maybe cut from a similar cloth, Cordero Patterson, right. who was a first-round pick. You know, the Bears used a third-round pick on Bayless Jones. Cordero Patterson was a first-round pick, I think, what, to the Titans when he came into the league a decade ago or whatever. And – they were hoping he was a first-round pick at receiver. They were hoping he could develop into a, a true number one type wide receiver. That's what you're hoping for when you draft a guy in the first round. He's never been that in his NFL career, but he's been he's become maybe the greatest kick returner in NFL history. Statistically, he's got more touchdowns returning true. kicks than anybody else. And then also he is a demon covering punts. At times he's covered kicks, and you find a role for him. He's made a few plays as a receiver. He's been better as a running back than he has a, as a wide receiver in his NFL career. So there's been 
a niche that Cordero Patterson has found that I think the Bears are hoping that maybe, you know, Bayless Jones for a couple of weeks now, he's never covered punts before, to my knowledge. He's been pretty good in punt coverage. He hadn't made any mistakes in kick returns up to this point. So, you know, he's a guy from a developmental perspective that is starting to show some promise. And, you know, it's just the, the jury will continue to be out on all these young guys. Well, like you said, I mean, we have five games left, so we get an opportunity right. to see a lot more Bayless Jones, a lot more Elijah Hicks, more Dominique Robinson. And somebody who we're not sure how much more we're going to see of him is Justin Fields. So on the other side, um, we're going to have a discussion about Justin Fields and, right. and, and what are the pros and cons of seeing him on Sunday. Because, I mean, obviously there was quarterback issues with both teams this past Sunday with the Jets and, and the Bears. And it seems to be more of the same with the Packers, Packers week, game. and Chicago as well. So we'll discuss that on the other side. Uh, the pros and cons of Justin Fields playing on Sunday. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Dunning Poorhouse, 7718 West Addison, here in Chicago. We'll be back after this. And I know that you have said Justin Fields' day today is part of the decision process there. Do you guys think about the fact that there is a bye week after the Green Bay game, or is it truly day to day? If he feels good, he's going to play against Green Bay. Yeah, it's truly that. It really is. You know, he's feeling better. And like I said yesterday, and uh, it, we'll see where he is on Wednesday. You know, he's got, you know, you know, 48 hours here to heal up, you know, until Wednesday, and then we'll see where it is from there. Um, if he's ready to go, like 100%, like I said last week, to protect himself, you know, and play the way, it, you know, he does and, and perform the way he does, and the doctors clear him, Ryan and I say he looks good and he feels good about it, then it, it's a green light. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here at Dunning Poorhouse, 7718 West Addison. Got the Northwest side in the building. Shout out to all my mother Garen people. See what they did there? Like, those people turned around. <laughs> people turned around. Shout out, to, shout out to my Holy Cross people, too. That's how you know you're old if you're shouting out Holy Cross over here. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got everybody over here. Uh, shout out to my Steinmetz people. Now, no, no, Holy Trinity. <laughs> trying, to, trying to throw out as many high schools I could think about. In the, my St. Patrick's crew. Hey, oh, okay. See him over there. There's a couple people. All right. What was that? Calvin Park, not too far. That's too far from here. <laughs> you, don't get, you don't get roped into this side of town over here. No, no. Wait till we go to the hood. Um, OPRF people? <laughs> <laughs> not an OPRF kind of crowd. <laughs> Any Lane Tech people in the building? Any Lane Tech people in the building? Okay. Shout out to my Lane Tech people. I always say, don't ask me what year I graduated. That's the only rule, all right? It's <laughs> the only thing. Nobody needs to know how we are over here. Um, and we were talking about, we're getting an opportunity to talk about uh, Justin Fields. Obviously, you know, it seemed like a situation on Sunday where, you know, Coach Iberfus was playing chess, playing the game. You didn't see that too much from the previous regime. Mm. And so you liked the, the movement, you like what was happening, even in the last final seconds when Simeon apparently had his, his oblique injury and, and Nathan Peterman was going to go start. But did you think that there was ever a situation where Justin Fields was playing on Sunday? No, no, I, I didn't think Justin was going to play in the game. But it makes sense. Everyone does it. How much effect does it have or not have? Folks would be surprised how much effect that does have. Because what do you mean? What do you mean? Him not playing? On like, the, like missing a week? The, no, the gamesmanship of, of keeping the door open, okay. of having your opponent think 
that there's another member of the roster who may see the field because football coaches, football staffs, these organizations, just the sheer size of them, the personnel that's available to them, they try to prepare for every conceivable scenario that could happen in a game. And so if you just put it out there early in the week that with certainty Justin Fields isn't going to play in the game, then your opponent for this week would have, or for that week it would have been the New York Jets. They say, okay, now we know the Bears' offense is going to look different. We right. know we can rush the quarterback differently up front. From a coverage perspective, we can prepare for what we may see from the more seasoned veteran behind center as opposed to the, the young athletic guy who may you know, rip our hearts out at a moment's notice with right. an athletic play or a deep ball. Your preparation really kind of gears towards, especially defensively, every conceivable possibility, and you spend time on that. And so football coaches know how they are. Like Matt Eberflus wakes up in the mirror, you know, looks at himself every morning and says, I know I'm a control freak. I know I try to be ready for everything, and my opponent is the exact same right. way. And so if my opponent was telling me that one quarterback might play, but then there's this other quarterback who's getting the reps in the practice week, I'm preparing for everything, and it's going to drive me crazy throughout the week the way that I'm preparing for all these different things that in my mind I recognize that it's probably not going to happen, but I'm not going to sleep well at night if I get there on Sunday and I haven't prepared my team for that possibility right. and especially what the Bears present to you because, of course, Justin Fields is a very different talent, a drastically different quarterback than Trevor Simeon, than the Peter Man. And so, yes, it makes sense to at least draw out what I perceive as that gamesmanship. And, you know, I'm sure there's probably some scintilla of you know, possibility that maybe they left it alive where, all right, maybe Justin Fields will actually see it. Maybe we're going to let Justin play. Or maybe Justin's going to say he wants to play. Let's go out there, let him throw a couple of passes, move around a little bit during the pregame, and just make like 100% sure. But in the end, nobody really planned on Justin yeah. playing in that game. I don't, Justin didn't really plan on playing in the game. But leaving that possibility there, leaving that door ajar, just from a gamesmanship perspective, especially when you got stylistically different quarterbacks who may see the field, yes, that ends up mattering. And that's what we're dealing with. That's what the Bears are dealing with this week with Aaron Rodgers, where there's uncertainty yeah. as to whether he, right. he'll play or not. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. This is the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Uh, we are broadcasting live from Dunning Porthouse, 7718 West Addison. Drinks are flowing. People are feeling good. We got People starting to take layers off. That's how yeah. you know they're getting comfortable. They're getting lubricated. Yeah, People are peeling some layers off the top. Yep. Uh yeah. We got we got Tan Chris Tannehill in the building, drinking water over here, just being responsible. <laughs> Six seventy a score employee right now. Somebody somebody's uh texted in about you, Tanny, and they said they said what was it? I want to read it specifically. They said, I would love to see the see behind the curtain of a Tanny open. Oh, Sounds dirty to me. Behind the curtain. But I know all you're right. I, but I know you're all here Does for it. Does it match the drapes, Tanny? <laughs> so, That's what we want to know. Something like that. Uh, so get, getting back to this thing, because uh, you look at the, the initial success of Trevor Simeon in that game. And yeah, so like the first two drives. So, yeah. so is, is the reason for that success just the the lack of preparation for a guy like him? Or do, like what is the reason why a guy like Trevor Simeon has success in the first quarter and doesn't throughout the rest of the game? I mean, consistency is just difficult in the NFL. Okay. You know, I mean, most of the guys who touch the field in the National Football League are capable of making a play, making a plays, of having a good series or a couple of series. But there's a reason that some guys are, are consistently amongst the best in the business and others are not. And I think for Trevor Simeon, yeah, the, the defense 
hadn't necessarily, for whatever level of preparation they had for him, you don't have film of this season's version right. of Trevor Simeon. And then also, <laughs> I just you, you even kind of referenced it a few minutes ago, I don't think the Jets were necessarily playing full tilt. Yeah. It's one thing to be, you know, I don't think they were slacking, but they weren't fully mentally locked in defensively in the first half of that game. You saw a different temperament, a different urgency to the Jets' defense, to the Jets' pass rush in the second half of that game than what we saw them throwing at the Bears in the first half of the game. But then also the Bears' offense is in the scripted portion of things in that initial series or two as well. So that's that's where Trevor Simeon is, where any quarterback, especially whether young or veteran, you're usually going to be at your most comfortable as you open the game up in the scripted portion of the offense. And then from there you get a couple of series into the game, especially once the Jets start to mount some more consistent offense and that pass rush starts to get heated up. They get a little blood in their fingertips, and Trevor Simeon looked like a very different guy about late second quarter and certainly in the second half than he did early on. But the good thing was, with the way the game began, aside from the Trevor Simeon aspect of it, because he's not you – know, the aspect of Trevor Simeon that matters is he's, he's getting now the opportunity You know, the other day, and we'll see if he plays again this week and for several weeks maybe. He gets the chance to see – if he can earn continuing to be Justin Fields' backup right. moving forward here. So there's that opportunity for Trevor Simeon. But then beyond that, he did, as he was getting the ball out of his hands quickly, rhythmically, on time in those initial couple of series, we did see some playmaking opportunities that were there for Chase Claypool, for Byron Pringle. And it was nice to see a couple of Bears wide receivers make some of those plays. And we, we just we haven't seen it. It wasn't consistent and sustained throughout the game against the Jets. It hasn't been consistent or sustained throughout this season, but we got a Byron Pringle sighting. That was nice. Yeah, no, we was, haven't seen it, a lot of them. It was good to see other guys be evaluated without your attention fully being focused on Justin Fields and his growth. Yes. You were actually able to see some of the other receivers like, oh, this guy is there. Oh, this person's actually here instead of me thinking I'm just waiting for a 60-yard Justin Fields touchdown run. So, right. so that, that leads me to my last question before we go to break, and, and I'm sure you're going to use part of your previous answer. But what, what do you think were some... I guarantee I won't. I'm going to give you something. Okay. Give, what were some things that Justin Fields learned watching from the sidelines on Sunday? Oh, okay. What did he, what did he learn? So how to, how to get the ball out and give Chase Claypool a chance? To, well, I mean... That's what I was trying... That's what I was... Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's, certainly, that's certainly part of it. And there, there is. Even like last season when Justin Fields got banged up and had to leave the lineup for a couple of weeks last year, being able to watch the game from that vantage point, that is useful. We, we get into this thing where... You know, I, I think people just kind of assume that all that matters is being on the field on Sunday, and that's the only place that players get better. But, you know, there's six other days in the week. All the, the meeting time, the practice time, all that film study, the preparation, that leads you up to Sundays, but those other days matter. And so even in Justin Fields' situation where on a Sunday he wasn't actually able to participate in the playing of the game, but being there on the sideline and being in more, you know, to use a simple term, mental reps, to be able to be in a mode where he's just watching someone else, one of his teammates. And whether it's, you know, Trevor Simeon is more veteran than him, has started more games than him, so that matters in theory. That helps a little bit. But even beyond that, just watching someone else play the position within your offensive system and you in the moment being able to analyze what is he doing correct, what is he doing incorrectly, what would I have maybe done differently in that spot. You can't do that the same when you're actually the one in the fight, when you're actually the one out there carrying these things out. But to be able to, like, stand there on the sideline yeah. and, and hear the play calls in the air, watch that all play out, that matters. That, that's helpful. That's useful. It's not as useful as being in the game. Of course not. But, but there is something to that. But the, the point I would actually make even beyond just the, the rhythm and, and timing of it from a passing perspective and, and giving guys opportunity, opportunities to make plays, 
just the mechanics of the position. Trevor Simeon is your more traditional okay. sort of drop back quarterback. They, they use you know, some movement of the launch points and pocket things. He's mobile enough to do some of those things on bootlegs and, and sprint action and whatnot. But to watch a quarterback within your offense do things like when you hit that fifth step, plant your foot and just climb the pocket methodically. Some of these things we've heard Justin Fields talking about, th those elements matter as well, just in him being able to stand there and, and go through the, the mental gymnastics of, of watching the offense play out through the lens of a more traditional quarterback. He's never going to play the game exactly like Trevor Simeon does, but to get some of those more traditional elements of, of how you play quarterback in the NFL more refined, it's very useful to watch that play out from a guy who's going to do it more by the book yeah. than you will, and then that just allows him to sort of meld more of what he does with what you know what the the sort of scripted ver version of the offense would call for. Yeah, and again, I think that that that, that was something that was planned out, giving Justin the opportunity to do just that. And um, our, our next guest, Josh Schrock, we're going to ask him if Justin Fields is going to continue to do that, sit on the sidelines and watch as Trevor Simeon is under center for the Chicago Bears. We got Josh Schrock from NBC Sports Chicago joining us after the break. I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony Heron here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Dunning Poorhouse, 7718 West Addison. We'll be back after this right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.